Walk in the light. Please turn your Bibles to John 8. John 8, the verse that I have up here, I am the light of the world. Jesus said, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Nobody likes to be in the dark. We like to be in the know. We like to know what's going on. We don't like to be able to see what's going on. We don't like to be in the dark. We like to be enlightened. But as you'll see this morning, being enlightened comes with a cost, comes with a price. And there is only one who can give that light. Let's read John 8, verses 1 through 12. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So they continued asking him. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, oldest even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. What a story. Can you imagine this sinful woman being brought into Jesus' presence, into the very presence of the light of the world. 
Can you imagine the fear in her heart? The trembling. Knowing she was in the presence of the light of the world. Can you imagine the sense of exposure? I wonder what she was facing. I wonder what she was feeling. It says they brought her to him, testing him. So it wasn't even about her. They were using her to test Jesus. And I don't know what all that means. There's some speculation that because they were never supposed to put someone on trial in this situation without both of them being there. So they brought her without the other, without the, the man who was, she was committing adultery with. They brought her without him and were told that they were never supposed to judge one without the other one present. Maybe that's how they were trying to trap Jesus, getting him to condemn her without the other one present and then getting him in trouble that way. I don't know what it was all about. But either way, it was about testing Jesus. It wasn't about her, but Jesus took the opportunity for redemption. And so thinking about her coming and being used in this way, and whenever there is sin, there is always or almost always an injustice that goes along with that, that we try to excuse our sin with. And so if she was used to that, maybe when she came into Jesus' presence, she felt, this is different. This time I'm going to be judged rightly. I don't know. It just it makes me very curious to, to know what was going on in her mind and in her heart. But we have this wonderful, wonderful verse that Jesus, or this, his response was just, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Now, one thing I'd like to emphasize this morning is that Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world to make us righteous. Why did Jesus come? He came to make us righteous. He didn't come to make us happy and comfortable. He came to make us righteous. He didn't come to set up an earthly kingdom. He came to make us righteous. He didn't come to free us from the Romans or any earthly kingdom. He came to, make, to bring us into his heavenly kingdom. He came to make us righteous. That's why Jesus came to make us righteous. That's why the light of the world came into the world. He didn't come to condemn us in our sin. He came, us to, deliver, came to deliver us from our sin. He came to make us righteous. Condemnation doesn't make us righteous, but going and stopping sinning makes us righteous. 
And that's what Jesus said. I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. That's why Jesus came. All right, so we have this verse, John 8, 12. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we have three things here. I am the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. God is light. God is light. Then he says, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. All of us have walked in darkness. All of us have measures of blindness. But this makes sense. If you're close to the light, you're in the light. Doesn't that make sense? That's not hard to understand. Jesus says, if you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. It's impossible to walk in darkness when you're in the light, when you're following the light, because the light illuminates you. You want to be bright, don't you? Everybody wants to be bright, considered bright. We have uh, bright means several things, but uh, I like those various definitions of bright. We want to be bright. Well, here's how. Follow the light. Be in close proximity to the light. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness. It's impossible. You have him in your confusion, in your darkness, in your blindness. You have him, the light of the world. So follow him, the light. And then I love this last part of the verse. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You have the light of life. Listen to me. You have the light of life. It's something you have. Now, what is the light of life? We'll talk about that. All right, I am the light of the world. I have a lot of scriptures I'm going to put up here. I am the light of the world. Jesus, I think Jesus was the one who was there with God in creation and spoke the words, let there be light. And light was created. Let there be light. He, he is the one, the creator of the, the light is the one who creates light in this world on this earth. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I think, uh, I'm not sure what all this is talking about. I think it's both physical life and spiritual life. But for sure, thinking now of physical life, if you're alive today, you can see you have life, and you have light. You have the ability to see. You have the ability to live. That was the true light that, which gives light to every man coming into the world. I believe that every man has the opportunity to come to the light. I believe God gives every man, every human, enough light. Physical light and spiritual light to do well. 
Not every human chooses to go towards the light, but I believe he gives everyone enough light to move towards more light. And then he gives that light, if they're willing to stay in it, for more light and more light, and eventually coming to Jesus, the light of the world, to save them and give them spiritual life. Jesus is the true light which gives light to every man, every man that's ever born, every human that's ever born. He is the light. You have delivered my soul from death. Have you not kept my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living? Again, thinking of physical life. God is the one who gives us physical life, and it's called the light of the living. Another verse from Psalms. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. I don't understand the depths of all these verses and what all it means, but I'm intrigued with it, and so I keep coming back to them, that he is the light of life. And just that, that verse, in your light, we see light. What does that mean? The light that God gives us enables us to see the light and more light. So if you are alive today, you're breathing, you're sitting here, and you're breathing and you're alive, you have the light of physical life. And I believe you also have the light of spiritual life. At least we all see it to some extent. But as, we, as this verse said, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So I guess the question is, are you following Jesus? To what extent are you following Jesus? To the extent that you are following Jesus, to that extent you have light. You have light. Okay, he who follows me, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness. Now, all of us have darkness. Had darkness, have darkness. There's, there's, extent, there's a certain extent of blindness. We aren't God. Uh, we can't see the future. We can't even see everything that's happening today. Uh, and, and some things we, we've heard, but it just doesn't soak in. Um, we, we could often repeat facts, truths in our heads, but our actions just don't line up with what we know so often. There's, a, there's some kind of blindness that, that we kind of know it, but yeah, we don't really. The light is there, but it's not really penetrating. Somehow we're not living it out. We're not walking in it. Uh, we don't understand. And, and you have this with, with children. You know, you ask them, about what they're supposed to do when so-and-so happens, and they tell you the right thing, but then when the, when the test comes, then they just don't do it. It's like, oh, okay, oh, that's what you mean. You know, that kind of thing. 
we have that, and, and we have that as adults as well. We, we kind of know something, and yet it doesn't quite grip us in a way that, that, uh, that we live it out that way. But God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So in, in, that, in that blindness that I'm talking about, uh, we just need to follow him. We just need to look to the light. We need to follow him. Because he is light. Follow him, the light. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And this is an intriguing verse again. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I think that comprehend word should have been translated overpower or overcome or overwhelm it. Uh, because when, when light shines in darkness, the light wins. Darkness can't overpower light. Light isn't overpowered by darkness, and especially God's light. God's light, there's no darkness that can overpower God's light. So there's no darkness in me, and there's no darkness in you that will extinguish God's light. We, we don't have to fear getting close to the light in fear of putting the light out. You don't have to fear that. You get close to the light, you won't dim the light. Now, people are that way sometimes. Sometimes bad influences snuffs out people's lights. But God isn't that way. We can get as close to, close to the light as we want, and, and it's not going to hurt the light. He will still be light. All right. There's, there's some verses here, more verses about light. Um, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Now, John 9, verse 5 says, As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Let me back up. I forgot to say, this verse, uh, John 8, 12, this was repeated, or this verse was said to this sinful woman who was being exposed to the light. Um, and I just want to comment that, that this, Jesus asked this woman, has no one condemned you? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. People, uh, no man condemns while they are in the light. Okay? That's the point I want to get from this. No one condemns while they're in the light. When, when they were in the presence of Jesus, the light of the world, these people who were wanting to trap Jesus, who were wanting to trap the woman, they, they were not able to condemn. I just, that's just one lesson we want to get from that. If you're close to the light, you won't be condemning others. Just say it that way. You will be helping them to live righteously, but you will not be condemning them. No one who is in the light will, will be condemning. All right. This verse, John 9, 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. You know what happened just before this? 
they were going along with Jesus and, and they came upon this blind man. This blind man. And the people asked Jesus, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind? What for question is that? This man was born blind, so they assumed that well, either he, he sinned or his parent. Well, he was born blind, so it could, he can't sin. <laughs> it couldn't be a punishment for him to be, because he sinned that he was born blind, because you can't sin very well before you're born, can you? So it's like, well, what are they, they didn't know what to do with this, so it must have been his parents. Evidently his parents had sinned, so he was born blind. Isn't that crazy, the way we are sometimes? But Jesus said, neither. Neither. was He isn't blind because any of them sinned. I don't think Jesus was saying his parents and him never sinned. I think he was saying that he wasn't born blind because of their sin. But he said he was born blind that the light of the world could be displayed that the light of the world could be displayed. And then he said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He used that opportunity to show, to tell people that he is the light of the world. All right, here's another scripture. In John 11, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, does he not stumble? He does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. What happened just before Jesus said this? Well, Jesus had just found out that Lazarus was sick. And he said, let's go up to Jerusalem. And, and the disciples said, why do you want to go up there? They're seeking to stone you. They're, they're trying to kill you up there. And, but he said, no, let's go up there. And the disciples, they, were not, they weren't into this. But Jesus says, in essence, then he said this, these verses. And what I take from this is Jesus says, if you're walking with the light, you don't have to be afraid of anything. If you're walking with the light, you won't stumble because you're with the light. I just love that. It's like we don't have to fear. There's nothing we have to fear when we're walking with the light. We don't have to fear stumbling because we're with the light of the world. All right, here's another one. John 12. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And this follows where the Jewish leaders did not believe, or they did believe. It says there were Jewish leaders who believed but did not confess that they believed in Jesus. Why? Because they loved the praise of men more than God. In other words, they saw Jesus as the light, but they weren't willing to walk in the light. That was sad. They saw Jesus as the light. They knew it, but they weren't willing to follow him. They weren't willing to walk in that light. And then Jesus said this verse, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Because they believed that he was the light, but they, they stayed in the dark. 
They stayed in hiddenness. They didn't want to come out and confess that they knew he was the light. All right. Then Jesus said, John 12, 35, 36. Then Jesus said to them, a little while longer the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. Why should we walk in the light? So we, if we have the light, which all of us has the light of life, because Jesus lights every man that comes into the world, if we have the light, we need to believe in the light, we believe in the light, the previous verse said we, we should walk in the light so that we can become sons of light. In other words, Jesus came to make us righteous. Jesus came to make us sons of light, sons of righteousness. And this is how we get there. This is how we attain that higher ground that we were singing about. I'm pressing on the upper way. We stick with the light, we believe in the light, and we walk in the light, and we become sons and daughters of light. We become righteous by walking in the light. Walk, believe while you have the light, that you may become the light. While you have the light, you may become sons of light. <laughs> Thinking of a few songs here, uh, came to mind, light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Living for Jesus through earth's little while, my dearest treasure, the light of his smile. And here's a song called The Father of Light. All praise to the name of the Father of Light, one who listens and hears when I call. That's the Father of Light. He listens and hears when I call. Every step he ordains, I will walk without fear. In his light, I'll not stumble or fall. Have the light of life. You have the light of life. Walk in the light you have. And here's just what I, I just want to say. You can do this. You can do this. You can choose to walk in the light. You can have the light of life. Walk in the light you have. For it is God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So we have that light, and we need to choose to walk in it. Now, there is a problem. We do have a problem. And here's our problem. This is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That's what condemns us. 
Jesus doesn't condemn us, but this is what condemns us. If we love darkness rather than light because our deeds are evil. Now I'm intrigued with the next two verses. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. That verse so clearly says why a person would not come to the light. It's because of exposure. Light exposes. Light makes things clear. And so some people don't come to the light because they are afraid of what will be seen. Now the next verse is in contrast. But he who does the truth comes to the light. As compared to does not come to the light. He who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So, somewhere between these two verses, something needs to happen. One is a person who does not come to the light. The other is a person that comes to the light. In between there, there's a choice that needs to be made. Are you the kind of person who has decided it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. I will choose to come to the light. What do we have to lose? Come to the light. He who does the truth comes to the light. Now that last verse kind of sounds like he's, he's already righteous, but I think the coming to the light even in our sinfulness, coming to the light is righteousness. I'm intrigued with, with how it's worded. He who does the truth comes to the light. And the last part of the verse says that they have been done, like it's, it sounds like he's already righteous. But I think it's that thing of coming to the light. That commitment, I'm going to come to the light. I'm going to come to the light. I'm going to keep coming to the light. I'm going to keep coming to the light. I think that's the righteousness. That's, our, that's what how God sees us as righteous. Well, my clicker isn't working. No, oh, my battery is running low. And my time is running out. What are we going to do? Well, I'll just read them. Ephesians 5.8, for you were once darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Can you say that with me? For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then 1 John 1.7, you all know this one, say it with me. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that precious?
we walk in the light. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, makes us righteous. The walking in the light makes us righteous. So that's my message. Walk in the light. Step into it. Walk in it. Stay in it. Stay in the light. Come to the light and stay in the light, regardless how exposed you feel. Like that sinful woman, feeling so exposed. But there's where she found forgiveness and the ability to go and sin no more. That's what the light does. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness. So, love brings light, hatred brings darkness. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling in him. If you love, you will not stumble. You will not trip up. So step in the light, walk in the light, stay in it, bring your deeds into it. And if you're going to follow, Jesus said that he who follows me will not walk in darkness. So how do you follow Jesus? You can't follow something you're not looking at. We need to keep looking at Jesus, looking to Jesus. Bathe in that light, embrace it, stay close to the Watch the light. Watch the light closely. Follow it wherever it goes. You can't follow it without looking at it. I want to talk a little bit about a man, a sad story about a man who was walking in darkness. He did not love the light. He saw the light and, in a sense, believed in the light. And he wrote powerful songs about the light of the world. But he was not willing to walk in it. This man struggled with sin. And he was in the dark. He kept his sin hidden. He even hid his sin from his family. And it, this darkness took him to the point of suicide. And finally, he brought his sin to light. But the sad part of this story is he didn't bring his sin to the light. And now... He's in deeper darkness. He's in deception. This man's name is Ray Bolts. He had a God-given gift of poetry and music and spiritual insight. And I'm going to read this song that he wrote. It reminds me of Solomon in Proverbs. This man struggled with sin, and he hid it from his family, his wife. Eventually, he, he left his wife and now lives with his husband. But he wrote this song about watching the light. 
And to me, it just emphasizes the importance of, of bringing our sin to the light and being committed to following the light. We look to the light. I'll read this song, Walking on the Road to Jerusalem. The time had come to sacrifice again. My two small sons, they walked beside me down the road. The reason that they came was to watch the lamb. And they said, Daddy, Daddy, what will we see there? There's so much we don't understand. So I told them of Moses and Father Abraham. And I said, Dear children, watch the lamb. There will be so many in Jerusalem today. We must be sure this little lamb doesn't run away. And I told them of Moses and Father Abraham, and I said, Dear children, watch the lamb. When we reached the city, I knew there, something must be wrong. There were no joyful worshipers there, no joyful worship songs. And I stood there with my children in the midst of angry men. Then I heard a crowd cry out, Crucify him! We tried to leave the city, but we could not get away. Forced to play in this drama, a part I did not want to play. Why upon this day were men condemned to die? Why were we standing there where soon they would pass by? I looked and I said, even now they come. The first one cried for mercy. The people gave him none. The second one was violent. He was arrogant and loud. I can still hear his angry voice screaming at the crowd. Then someone said, there's Jesus. I scarce believed my eyes. A man so badly beaten, he barely looked alive. Blood poured from his body, from the thorns on his brow, running down the cross and falling to the ground. I watched as he struggled, and I watched him when he fell. The cross came down upon his back, and the crowd began to yell. In that moment, I felt such, felt such agony, and I felt such loss. Till the Roman soldier grabbed my arm and screamed, You carry his cross. At first, I tried to resist him, but his hand reached for his sword. So I knelt, and I took the cross from the Lord. I put it on my shoulders. We started down the street, and the blood that he'd been shedding was running down my cheek. They led us to Golgotha. They drove nails deep in his feet and hands. And on the cross, I heard him pray, Father, forgive them. Never have I seen such love in any other eyes. Into thy hands I commit my spirit, he prayed, and then he died. I stood for what seemed like years. I lost all sense of time. Then I felt two tiny hands holding tight to mine. My children stood there weeping, and I heard the oldest say, Father, please forgive us. The lamb ran away. Daddy, Daddy, what have, what have we seen here? There's so much we don't understand. So I took them in my arms. We turned and faced the cross. And I said, dear children, watch the lamb. There's so much we don't understand. We're confused. We're in darkness. We're in blindness. 
but we need to watch the lamb. We need to follow the light. We need to look at the light and follow it. We've been exposed to the light of the world. Every one of us has been exposed to the light of the world. The question is, will we walk in that light? Will you walk in the light you have? Will you love the light and walk in it? Will you love the light and walk in it? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let's pray.